This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I feel like a hypocrite because I've been guilty of what I'm about to call out uh, a number of times. But when you get to a light and someone's behind you, as soon as it turns green, they start beeping the horn. As soon as it turns green, they, they, it's like they got their hand pressed on the horn, ready, ready for it to turn green. You you can't, you can't even do anything before they start beeping at you. It's, and then me, the troll, the troll that lives in me, is like, nah, now I'm gonna take my time. <laughs> oh, you want to beep at me? Hold this. I mean, that's like a that's a pet peeve of mine because it's like, yo, dude, come on, like I, we, you didn't even give me time to react. Like I understand if I would have been looking at my phone for like three, four minutes, like, oh damn, like or. Just yeah. not paying attention, but yo, come on, man. But I say that, and sometimes I've done it. It's like one of those things you hate so much, you end up becoming it. I, I've done that. I, I have had times, someone's in front of me, and I'm rushing to get somewhere, so that clock is going off in your head, and I just press my hand on the horn immediately. I've also done it on a red light, so, some, <laughs> so somebody will honk at me. I'll do the petty thing. If they're right behind me, I'll just slow up. <laughs> slow let the, up, let the right, right turn red. Let that yellow turn. Oh, th- that's how you want to play this? You know, another thing, too, and I'll get back to the phone calls in a moment, 800-919-3776. So it's a, 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 a two-way street, one lane on each side. And people sometimes are so thirsty. Like, they feel like you're – I'm going – a little bit above the speed limit. It's not like I'm I'm going mad slow. I'm going a little bit above the speed limit, and they feel like you're driving like a snail. So they'll so they'll get all reckless, change into the the on on the other lane, speed right past you to cut right in front of you. And I'm just like, yo, is that serious? Where well, you gotta go? Like, is that serious for you to do something dangerous going on the other side to get in front of me? And I always take pride in. Once I get to the corner or whatever the next light is, I see them right in front of me. I'm like, oh, you did that just to get one car ahead of me, and now you're still waiting at the light. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That you, must suck. You just, you know, racing to get to a red light. Come on, man. We all going to the same place. And doesn't it feel like those guys never get caught? I feel like if I had done that, I'm getting pulled over immediately. But I've never seen someone do that, change lanes into oncoming traffic where there's actually no oncoming traffic. But you're changing into that second lane to zoom right in front of me, and they never get caught. They just get away with it. Those are the guys that get away with it, and you'll be the one that probably didn't do anything. You probably paid your parking meter, and they're still giving you a still ticket. Still giving me a ticket. Just damn shame. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Dave in Manhattan. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up? I just wanted to call back in about the Yankees. Uh, look, you know, I grew up behind the stadium. I'm going to pose this question to you. That's uh, I couldn't get in and get it in the other shows. You know, I, I had a broken toe before. And just navigating Ubers, the subway, and everyday life in New York, it really was an eye-opener as to the things we take for granted. I think the Yankees are in a severe, like really desperate situation because here's the reality. You see how big Judge is. The injury is really bad. I thought he should have had the surgery and been shut down. You don't know how much time you have left with Aaron Judge. He might end up being your Stanton for the next six to seven years. You don't know. There's infection. There's bad rehab. There's the surgery happening. It didn't take well. So many things. Don't you think right now it's about time to really cut losses with people? Now, just throwing Stanton out there as an example. Forget all the home runs. He physically is like the Leonard of the Clippers 
in <laughs> baseball. He is unable to perform at the level where he's being paid. Let me know what you think. Well, Thanks. Well, here's the thing, Dave. When you say parting with players, the, uh, with Judge, I'll take that as, do you think he should, and I wish you had stayed on the line because my question is, are you saying they should shut Judge down for the season? And if that's your question, the Yankees aren't going to do that until they feel like they're mathematically eliminated. Could you imagine going to the captain of the team and telling him, yeah, I know we're still technically in the playoff race, but we're going to shut you down. There's no way in hell he's going for that. And he, should, he shouldn't go for that. As the captain, as the leader of this clubhouse, he should not go for it. If they get to a point where the deficit, even if it's not mathematically eliminated, it, it appears to be insurmountable, then I suggest, yeah, you should shut him down the rest of the season because this is an asset that you have to protect that we know already is not going to age well because of how big he is. He's got an injury history. So you know, in year one of this nine-year contract, he's already got the, the, the toe situation, the torn ligament in his toe. And listening to Bart Scott, that's something that, yes, can be compromised. If you continue to run on it, it can it, you, maybe you, you tear another ligament in a, in a different toe. And that's something you obviously don't want. But the logic does tell you if you are faced with that harsh reality of we're not going to the playoffs – I think you rest him, you shut him down, just because you got to protect him. And it, this, this this is a huge part of your, you know, contention blueprint. And it, there is no path, which is why you know people try to get drunk off of the you know when Judge comes back, they'll be fine. There's no path to winning a World Series that doesn't include Aaron Judge being healthy. So you have to protect that over the length of this contract. As far as Stanton is concerned. Everyone wants him to get traded. You have to remember, he has a no-trade clause. He's got four years left on his deal. You can eat however much money you want. If he decides that whatever destination you've got designed for him, he's not interested in, he could weigh, He he can use the no-trade clause. I'm I'm not going there. That's just what it is. I, I, I said this years ago. I remember I was producing for Dave Rothenberg on Saturday mornings. And I, I was just flummoxed by this the idea that like all of us in Yankee Universe, and now this was like three years ago, all of us in Yankee Universe just accepted the fact that this guy was a full-time GA, uh, DH. It was like, well, you know what? He, he'll try to play some time in the, you know, a couple times in the field a week, but for the most part, he's a DH. I, I never understood it. He's a former league MVP. He looks like he's one of the best, you know, as far as physically gifted. He's at the top of the charts in all of baseball. He he was in, in the prime of his career, and we just accepted that he can't play the outfield? That was so alarming to me three years ago. Three years ago. And now, he, as he's continuing to get older, he's still young enough where he should be able to play the field. But... I mean, that's the nature of what you're dealing with with, with this guy. He, he is a soft tissue injury waiting to happen. Can't run hard, can't play the field. You hope he can just DH and hit you a bunch of home runs. And quite frankly, it is sucks to be in that situation. Let's go to Mississippi. We talked to Felicia. What's up, Felicia? Hey, 
Hey, Ty. I just wanted to call. Um, we listen to ESPN New York like 24-7, but I usually turn it off after ENN because my husband isn't a big sports fan. And as soon as I heard that you were covering, I was, he was like, we're not going to listen to music tonight, are we? We're listening to Ty all night. I was oh, like, yeah. they, there we go. That's love. <laughs> so, I really appreciate that. I didn't have a point. I just wanted to say hi. I tweet you all the time. Uh, so it's just good to actually talk to you. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, what's your what's your, what's your handle on Twitter? I I gotta make sure I look uh, out for it. It's Isles Fifi. Got you. The, like with the and I got an Islanders logo in my. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, I appreciate the love, Felicia. Appreciate you and your husband, you know, tuning into the show and 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 coming up on the program just to just to say hello. I really do appreciate that. All right, take care. Have a good night. Have a good night. Let's see that, Jacob. See what we do on a Friday night. We we get the people out and talking. Feel good Friday. Got the vibes going. Got your Yankee hat on. We chilling tonight on a Friday night. It's all good. It's all love here. Matt is in New Jersey. What's up, Matt? Hey, Todd. Thanks for taking the call. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just like so sick and tired of of no one calling like, Cashman out on what he's doing, and he's just gambling with this roster. He did it with Stanton uh, because you know he. He thought Stanton was going to take that opt-out in 2020. He didn't, and, um, you know, he ended up stuck with that contract. He gambled and went into the season without any left-handed bats three years ago, and then he needed to make sweetheart deals because he couldn't add salary at the trade deadline, and he had to take on, you know, he got Gallo, he got Rizzo because this team needed left-handed bats. You know who would have been a great third baseman for this team this year? Ezekiel Duran, who's playing third base for the Rangers, yep. because Cashman got rid of him. And, he, he, and, that, and that's a prospect that would have cost you nothing to play in the field. You would have saved the, the like $40 million that you gave Donaldson the last two years. You wouldn't have needed Connor Falefa because that was your spot. And, and, and this guy is just gambling year after year, even this year. He didn't go into this season with the left fielder thinking he was going to be able to scoop somebody up at the trade deadline get the other team to pay the deal because he was going to take no prospects back or he was going to give somebody. It was just like enough's enough. He's run it back now three years in a row with the formula that hasn't worked. And now we're going to run it back again. And, and if you go by what Flap is saying and stuff, this is a team that wants to be under a $100 million payroll. There's no way that this team is going to be competitive because if you look at the rosters, if you look at who's in double-A, who's in, who's in triple-A, these aren't rosters that are winning championships at that level. They, they're mediocre at best, and this is a team that's going to be in for a rough time because in order to compete, they're going to need to spend $400 million because their lack of development is that bad. Yeah, well, Matt, here's the thing, and I appreciate the call. If the only path to them competing is spending $400 million, then we're in a world of trouble because that's just not going to happen. They've made it clear they have a self-imposed salary cap because they don't want to go in deep, too deep into the luxury tax where it affects you know, their, their draft positioning and the money that they can use to sign international players. So there are a lot of you know, consequences to paying that, much, uh, uh, that high of a tax bill. As far as Cashman, the point that you just made, I think that the arrogance of the Yankees has contributed a lot to what we're watching in this like pitfall. And I'll explain what I mean in a moment once we get back. Mets trailing 3-0 to the Braves at City Field. 
That is in the bottom of the fourth inning. Atlanta got uh, Rosario single to center. Olsen scored. Riley scored. And Ozuna scored on a fielding error by center fielder Brandon Nimmo. So the Mets, a little sloppy in the field. Tyler McGill started this game four innings so far. He's given up two earned runs. And the Mets trail 3 nothing. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Him, uh, Shawnee, and Ebro, they, and Laura, they run a limo to Yankee Stadium. He get down like that? Listen, I mean, when you're uh, big money like Rosenberg. <laughs> That's how he get down? He's a, he's a new man now. He he got married. He's introducing Ice Cube, Lil Wayne. Oh, that's a that's a big deal. That is a big deal. I I text him. I was like, "Are you nervous?" He's like, "Nah, not for this." This is a this is he's in his backyard. He's doing what he loved to do. I I think this is a normal day for Peter. Even but if, if I listen, if having to introduce Cube, Wheezy, and I think he says Snoop, <laughs> I don't care how how much of you know that. Is my backyard, and you know how passionate I am. I would be a little nervous in front of that entire crowd with all the legends in that building with what this night means. I'd be mad nervous. I would get excited every day. I mean, especially Peter was at that party last night, bringing yeah. it in with Kid Capri DJing. Like, how come on, not many people could say that. Clark Kent, Kid Capri holding it down on the ones and twos. Prior to that, he was at the 50 concert. I think he brought out Fat Joe. I know J. Cole was, was the night before pulled up the night before. Oh, Remy Ma uh, not Remy Ma. Um Young Young and May was there. Oh, that's who pulled up, yeah. Yeah, Young and yeah, May yeah. was there. I haven't so seen her in a while. She's doing pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, we still taking requests at Ty D. Butler as far as some songs y'all wanna hear. The legendary tune. Somebody said logic. I don't know if we could play logic on a night like tonight with all due respect. We gotta we gotta play the the heavy hitters. We gotta play the heat rocks. From the legends. I mean, uh, to be honest, Logic might not make it on my B-side. So. <laughs> so someone did DM me that, but I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I could go in that direction on a night like tonight. 800-919-3776. Let's check in with my buddy. It's been a while. We go to St. Pete and talk to Spike. What's up, Spike? Hey, Spike. Did we lose Spike? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, what's up? Were you maybe you were muted or? No, no, I got. I, I don't know what I was. I was. Uh, it's just so nice to hear you and Jacob. And uh, I was just commenting. I sent you some messages about the first time I met you. You were at Syracuse, and we were on the same. What do you call it? Stick to sports with Lumberg. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> you remember so, that? That's so funny. Well, I got it. I got it on YouTube, and and my wife always says, because I, I think she was with me when I met you there. But anyway, she says, "How's he doing? What's happening, man? I don't hear him that much." I said, eh, "It's a long story, but he's fine. You got two. I show. She looks at all the IG posts. You got you got such a beautiful family. Thank good you, thing man. your wife. Good thing your wife's good looking. <laughs> but all, 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 all kidding, all kidding aside." Uh, I, I just feel so good about you. So I'm watching this, and it's got to be, I guess it was your junior year uh, up at Newhouse, and uh, you were doing the news of the sports there, and, and you got on, and now you were very good for a, what, 19, 20-year-old? What was and I? I'm listening to you. No, I was in, in Newhouse. I was 22. 
Yeah, that was okay, 22. So you're all right. Okay, I'm 77. A year or two ain't going to matter. So uh, <laughs> I know you're... When's your birthday? What month? February. Okay, so yes, Christopher, my uh, one of my boys, uh, he's coming back from Italy. He just engaged to his uh, fiance oh, now. Oh, congratulations! And, uh, yeah, yeah, and he just got promoted at thirty to sergeant. So uh, he's a peace officer. Uh, so uh, you know, mom and dad, they get a little worried with that job. It's we need them, but it's thank thankless. But anyway, so he always asks about you, and you know, they listen on the app, and I say. You know, it's 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 difficult. I won't discuss it here, but it's what it is right now. But your maturity. Now, you were good at 21 or whatever you were on that show. And and I had trouble hooking up. And my wife helped me hook it up. And <laughs> I, I was Big Lumberg and you and the Trista Crick. There's a bunch of people that really are into hoops as their main gig. I mean, if you're into it like that, you're bitten by the dimple ball. And that's always going to be your sport. Now, it doesn't mean you don't like other sports. You know, you like a bunch of other sports. But I got to make one quick point. And everything, I'm just proud of you. That's all I'm trying Thank to you, say. Thank you, Appreciate not get, it. Not get emotional. No, but I, I hear your growth. I hear your growth. And I'm taking, I, I have this paternal thing with you for some reason. Uh, we just clicked from day one. And it was just, uh, even when you busted my chops, you know, it just didn't matter. You know your stuff, so fine. I was wrong sometimes. I've been arguing with one of my, my other boy about, Chris Paul, for years when he was drafted, he says, you told me he's this, he's that. I said, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm not always right. I was wrong. But I've been right about a lot of others. And Chris Paul will go down, unfortunately, as one of the all-time great players with Ewing and with Barkley to to not get a chip. It's just a team game. Anyway, so last comment. Uh, Look, it's not Boone on the Yankees. I understand he deserves some of the responsibility, but uh, it's the scouting and, and baseball's a game. A perfect example is look at the Angels. Come on, they got maybe one of the. I'm saying freakish in a way that he does both. And I know now he DHs with Otani. And, and Mike Trout's been injury riddled. Uh, it's just, it's a different game. It's a different game. But I want to make one quick point on football. I'm not the hugest football fan, but, you know, I. I a load of gambling and all that stuff. And a lot of the shops are fading the Jets. And they're fading them on the win total because they really believe is a definitive weakness. I'm asking you this, and I'll hang up and listen on the stream you know, 10 minutes from now. It's another beef I got. But that they're fading them because the old line they say is a sieve. What's the win now, total? I, don't know. What is I know the, what it is. What is, the win total for, what is the win total for the Jets? I don't even know it. Nine and a half. Nine and a half? And they're, so they're expecting... I, I believe so. So that means... So if it's, if it's no, if it's nine and a half though, yeah, and, you're, and if you're predicting they'll win nine games, that 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 tells me you you feel there's a legitimate chance they're gonna miss the playoffs. Not me. No, that you're no, right. Whoever, the, yeah, yeah. Whoever's yeah. fading, whoever's fading the nine, the, the Jets win total. That's at nine yeah. and a half because nine and you eight might not get you in. In this right, conference, I, nine I, and eight is probably not gonna get you in. Right. I Well, it depends. You're right. There's a better possibility in their division, uh, in their conference. But my point is, I'm good on basketball, uh, uh, you know, win totals. and stuff. I run about 54%. So I, someone asked me, I tell them, I say, just got to be careful. You can't be a pig. Why do you see it? Everyone, because Bob, forget he's 39. He didn't play at the beginning of his career, so he's got more tread on the tire. But if he can't get 
you know, get enough time. I don't care how fast he releases it. They can't run their routes, and that line stinks, they're telling me. Now, these are guys that really follow it like I follow hoops. And this is all I'm telling you. I don't know. We don't know. Practice and, and co-practices with other teams reveals nothing. Yeah. But is that a possibility? Well, of course it's a possibility, and I appreciate the call. The offensive line is uh, a, a ginormous question mark. And the fact that you're putting all of this hope in Dwayne Brown, who's 37 years old, coming off of an injury, it just tells you how how rough of a spot they're in. You shouldn't be depending on, what is he, the second oldest tackle in football? It's going to come down to him. And I, I, I know we've done a, a lot of, you know, killing Joe Douglas about that 2020 draft, but Makai Becton, that's just, that's one you got to hit on. And the fact that since 2019 he's been here and they haven't been able to put together a representable offensive line, that's an indictment of him. And I get, look, he hit on on Sauce, and he hit on Garrett Wilson, he hit on Brees Hall, he hit on AVT, and he presented an operation that was attractive enough for Aaron Rodgers to come play here. And he saw, like, that's somewhere where I can go, and Rodgers said said it himself, where I want to go win a championship, and I feel like that's a place I can go. So Joe does deserve credit for that. But when you look at all these picks he's missed on, High-end picks. These are supposed to be blue chippers. Starters. And that entire 2020 draft just gets completely wiped out. That's on his resume. Which is why, and one of the reasons why, this he, he desperately needs this to work. We would be willing to forget about all of the missed picks. And that isn't even taken into account Zach Wilson, the biggest of them all. We'd be willing to erase that if you brought in the guy who came in here and won this team a Super Bowl. You'd be willing to forget that. 800-919-3776. At Tenor1866 says, y'all got to play that EPMD Gold Digger song. It's a classic. Playing classics tonight. We're on the air for the next 90 minutes celebrating uh, hip-hop's 50th birthday. Bread in the Bronx. We wish we were at Yankee Stadium, but we're here talking to you. We're having a good time. And, you know, it, 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 it is nothing but love. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. I tease this. The arrogance of the Yankees is coming back to bite them. This is an organization that is now in a place of, at least amongst its fans, low public approval ratings. Uh, Hal went on the case show a couple months ago and was just baffled by the fact that the Yankee fans would be upset and annoyed. And to me, that was the first sign of trouble because it showed me he just doesn't get it. Why are you confused? It's not that the season, you know, it's too premature to react to what's happening this season. It's an extension of what we've seen the past couple of years. And I understand they were in the championship series last year, but at no point during that series against Houston did you feel like you could actually win, and that's a problem. To come into a series against a team that continues to beat you 
and at no point you feel like you have any chance of even being competitive, that's an indictment of your general manager. And yet following that series, how did you hold him accountable? You gave him a four-year extension. Brian in 2015 saw this team wasn't good enough to beat Houston in the playoffs. And his job was to fix that. It never happened. And then last year was like the worst of it all. So can you understand why the fan base would be bothered by him getting an extension? Because you're sending the message that you're not holding the people in charge accountable. And for you to go on the radio and say, I don't get why they're upset. It's it's June. <laughs> it, it, it just it just comes across as you just not getting it. And we need you to get it. If you're the you're, you're gonna be the owner of the New York Yankees, you gotta get it. You gotta understand. This has been an issue that for the last couple of years has been masked by some of the winning. And yes, in, in 17 and 19, they, go, they went to championship series. But how about in 2020 when they got bounced by the Rays in the first round? How about in 2021 when they went, didn't win a single playoff game? And now you're in a division that is only going to continue to be a thorn in your side. The Orioles, look at all the talent they have. All that tanking, we're going to see the fruits of their labor. That is a harvest that you're going to have to deal with for years to come. The Rays have just been flat out better than you. They've been in the World Series more recently than you have. The last time you played them in the playoffs, they knocked you out. They're just a better run organization right now than you are. The Jays, I mentioned this last night, they always have the talent. They just haven't been able to figure it out. But that's still a team that is expected to be good. And then the Red Sox... They're better than you right now. You've played them six times. They've beaten you five of those six times. And right now they're ahead of you in the division when they weren't even expected to to be anything better than last place. And they also have a better manager than you have. It's the arrogance, the way they walk around and talk about themselves. Like Aaron Boone, when a couple of years ago, he said the league is catching up to us. Really? Catching up? They've lapped you. They've lapped you. Look at all the teams that are getting to the World. The Kansas City Royals have been to the World Series twice since you last appeared in one. The Mets have been to a World Series more recently. I mentioned the Rays. The Phillies. The Nationals won a championship. And then your hated rivals, the Astros, won. The Red Sox have won. The Braves, they, they've become like the, the gold standard in baseball. They won prior to you know their window opening up, or at least what we thought. We didn't expect them to win that year. And now they appear to be just head and shoulders above everyone. They're the best team in baseball and the favorites right now to win the whole damn thing again. So this idea that you know people are catching up to you, you're missing the mark. That is a level of arrogance that is going to continue to bedevil you. you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, who were we before and how different are we now? There is a, a stark contrast in the team that you pride yourself on being versus what you are now. 
It's like that meme of like what you what you see when you look in the mirror versus what you actually are. That's the New York Yankees. It is U-G-L-Y right now. It's ugly. We head to Connecticut and talk to Tommy. What's up, Tommy? Tyreek, what up, bud? What's going on, man? Oh, so I, I know it doesn't make for great sports talk radio, but um, I'm not I'm not even that upset about the Yankees anymore. It was nice to see Judge try and hit that one to dead center and try and hit the Gulf of Mexico for sure, though. Well, you know, something, a couple of things off the top. First of all, the Judge home run, I mentioned it. Uh, it the, the sad part is that despite him only playing in 62 games so far this year, he still leads the team in home runs. Secondly, and more importantly, going full name on me at the top of the phone call is wild. What's up with that? Always, dude. Always buddy. I'll call you by your government name. Don't worry about it. Why, why we can't just go with the name that I go by and tie the shortened version of it? Full name? That's why. Now, I feel like I'm being chastised. What's up? What's on your Twitter handle? Ty, it's just Ty. It's just Ty. You don't have Tyreek on there? Nah, it's just Ty, man. Well, if you uh, go you to can... if you if now nah, if you go to my actual profile and you know look at the bio above the the you know uh, above my handle, you'll see that. But I just feel like I'm being talked down to. No, no, no. You, hey, you want to call me Thomas right back? Go for it. Yo, Thomas, what you got? What you got, Thomas? <laughs> so, dude, this Yankee this Yankee season's so frustrating. But I was just trying to think about it because they were talking on the morning show. Um, I was just thinking about the last two seasons. So you remember last year before 22 started, everybody picked the the Blue Jays, right? Yeah, that was the and hot that was the hot the pick, the hot commodity right there. Everyone. You know, and love them to Toronto they, Blue Jays. Yep. What What did we start off? Fifty two and eighteen. Yeah, through their fir- were, yeah through their first seventy games, they were they were fifty two and eighteen. Right. So you you know you had Passin, you had Buster, you even had nerds like Hembo saying this is the best team ever, and then they stumbled to the finish. Then this year you got everybody picking the Yankees, and then you know we're like the bad news bears and can't get out of our own way. It just it baseball is so frustrating, man. Well, it, it becomes more frustrating when you've empowered a GM who has shown you in the last 14 years he can't put together a team that's capable of winning a championship and a manager who everything's all positive. And people keep getting at me. I appreciate the call, Tommy. People keep getting at me. I, I got some messages on Instagram. Stop blaming Boone. It's not his fault. Guys, don't miss what I'm saying. Don't misconstrue the message I'm delivering here. If we conducted just an autopsy on this dead corpse that is the New York Yankees. The cause of death is roster construction that falls on the general manager, Brian Cashman. I get that. But what I'm saying is as upset as we are with him, we can't ignore some of the failures of the manager. If I am to give him credit for 100 win seasons and being you know, the head honcho of this team that's gone to a championship series, when there's three games above 500 on August 11th with a negative run differential, I have to be able to criticize him for that. It can't just be you get all the praise and glory when things are going well, but then when it falls apart, we absolve you. That can't be how we do this. We're doing this exercise wrong if that's the case. That's a hell of a job, by the way. If you can just get credit when things are going well, and then once they go south, it's not your fault. You have to bear some of that criticism. And if you're sending a message, you know, that 
everything's good. And I know we struck out 18 times, but I, I loved our compete. And the at-bat quality was awesome. And we made them work. If you're spewing that garbage, at some point, that's going to run roughshod all over your clubhouse. And now the players are going to appear and behave with that same lack of urgency. And that's what I'm not here for. So if I'm, uh, that's why I'm calling him out. And I'm not saying he's the, the, the main culprit of this. He's the most to blame. But if we're being fair and analyzing everything that has happened this season, I know we can't criticize him for bullpen moves and for resting guys and for lineups because, you know, managers don't do that. It's all organizational. But what we can criticize him for is the fact that his team is operating without any sense of urgency in the way that they talk to the media and the message they send to the fans. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Jack? Hey, Ty. Sorry about the connection. All good, man. What's up? What you got? Um, you know, Kay had a clapachon the other day, and uh, the guy knows baseball so well. He's been around it so long. And he said one of the most interesting things I've heard about Boone, which is he feels Boone's wired to be a great manager for a winning team, like 95-plus, 100-plus wins, but is not the right guy for a team that's kind of 80, 85, struggling and needs some you know, more motivation, some juice, emergency. He's just not wound the right way. I mean, he's a great guy. I'm sure he's fun and cracks jokes in the clubhouse, and that's great when you win in 100 games, but where does that go when you win in 85 games? Yeah, I think that's a I think that is a spot on analysis and I appreciate the call, Jack. And it's something I brought up last night. Like it's I don't want to say it's easier to handle a winning team because that sounds disrespectful. But let's not act like he came into a rebuilding situation. He he was brought on as the manager of a team that had just went had that had just gone to game 7 of a championship series. So there, there was a, a, a surplus of talent on this roster. Remember, that was ready to take off. That, and that was the biggest selling point, right? Like it was, you know, this young core of Judge and Sanchez and Severino and Greg Bird. They were ready to take that next step. And then you go out there and get Stanton and, of course, Glaber you got in the trade. And now that things are, are starting to go in the other direction— it makes you question whether or not he can still be the voice of this locker room. And it's not a crime to say the answer to that question is no. The message has gone stale. It's run its course. We see this happen all the time. You can be successful. You can get your team to the playoffs consistently. But when you don't reach that ultimate goal and then you get hit with a miserable season like the one we're watching – might be time for you to go. That's not a crime. That's not disrespectful to Boone. That's not saying he's the most to blame for what's going on this year. It's just the reality is it might be time to go get somebody else to come into this clubhouse and spice things up a little bit. We go to Lou in Nashville. What's up, Lou? Hey, I'm just very frustrated with the Yankees on, on a few different levels. And I'm going to throw another strike uh, on our GM. You know something? How is it? that we have so much money to spend and have spent, and, um, and supposedly we're an analytic-driven team. And so who hires the analytics folks? Because he does. Because he must be the worst. 
Yeah, we he must does. be the worst in the league. Yeah, uh, Cashman, Cashman, with- hi- Cashman is responsible for hiring the team around him. Well, you know, the nerds who who sit on the computers and tell you that even though Aaron Judge has hit 16 home runs in the last three days, he needs to rest on day three. That that he's the one who hires those guys. I, it drives me crazy. The, the Braves play people every day. Yeah, these guys, if if they breathe too hard one day, they're <laughs> out for two. Yeah. And and the um and I feel like um, uh, Boone is I cannot stand you know I I feel like everybody's watching the games you can't come out there and say well it was you know it was a really, why can't you just say you know we didn't play well you know it's just we're not we're, we're smelling up the place and just deal with it you know instead of pretending like so much positive has happened Lord. you know the, the, the it just feels so fake. Nobody can listen to it. It's phony, and we see right through it. Yeah. I appreciate the call, Lou. It, it feels like what happened is the Yankees did too much of an overcorrection. You remember, you go back to when Girardi was let go. The owner actually said that even if he had won the title that year, they were they were going to dismiss him. And his contract was up, so I guess technically they just let him walk. But... The problem from their mind, from their perspective, was that Girardi was way too intense with his players, and now this new generation of athletes, you got to be a little bit more coddle. You got to coddle them a little bit more. There's a different way to attack the the type of relationship you have because it's so sensitive and they need to be nurtured. And and I don't want to make it sound like these guys are just soft. The other part of it is the relatability factor, right? Like we saw with um, with the White Sox. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, the old-time skipper, who was St. Louis Cardinals, who was hired by the White Sox, who, who came in to be their manager, and it was an absolute disaster. Why am I blanking on his name right now? Uh, but he, he was brought in. It was uh, Tony La Russa. Like the, the, the age gap, the generation gap, is something that you have to account for. Bringing in these old-timers sometimes doesn't work because there's just no relatability there. You got to be able to have that nice vibe where, yes, it's professional and respectful, but also chill enough that's conducive to them feeling comfortable and them playing their best baseball and winning. With Girardi, they felt he was too intense, and the damning comments he said about Gary Sanchez which was so overblown. All he said was he needs to play better. He didn't rip him. He didn't say he stinks. He didn't say, yeah, he's you know on the cusp of being benched. All Girardi said was he needs to play better. And for some reason, that was deemed nefarious by the organization. How could you say that publicly? How could you say something so nasty? I mean, stop yourself. So what the Yankees did is they brought the exact opposite. Aaron Boone's going to show up to every single press conference and pretend like the sun is going to shine tomorrow anyway. And last year, we actually got a glimpse into what it looks like when he's frustrated. Remember he banged the table? I think it was in that series against the Rays where they were struggling, and he banged the table. And I said, okay, I, I, I can rally around this because at least you're showing emotion. We just don't want you to be phony. We don't want you to be fake. If the team's not playing well, you don't have to call them to the carpet. You don't have to completely eviscerate them. 
But be honest because we're watching. We're not dumb. We're not morons. We can see that if you struck out 18 times when you're given 27 outs, there's nothing to be you know, excited about there. There's nothing to be happy about. There's, there, that's not a joyous occasion, striking out 67% of your at-bats or your, you know, 67% of the outs. So for you to come on and, and, and paint it as positive, we can see right through the phoniness. And especially in New York, that ain't going to fly here. They've gone way too far in that other direction, trying to get someone who's just ultra-positive, optimistic. No, get someone in who's real, who can be relatable, but also let them know you need to play better. The fact that you pimped that home run and instead of being on second base in scoring position, you're on first, that's unacceptable. Sometimes you got to send a message. And the retort is going to be, well, baseball is not the same. Guys are not treated that way. Well, you need to go back to what worked for you in the past. Because clearly, what you're doing now, not working. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.